following message is presented by First Baptist Church of Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Now the message. Good evening. Uh, my name is Brandon Langley, and I'm the pastor over at St. Rose Community Church. This is the first time I've had the opportunity of being here with you, but a lot of brothers whom I love and cherish have got the opportunity to come and share God's word with you on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night uh, over the last year or so before Brother Tracy came here. Uh, and since you have a Sunday night service tonight, and uh, I had uh, the opportunity to come and come with Julio, who's actually going to be preaching the message tonight, uh, but Brother Tracy asked me to give a little mini-message before he came, uh, just by way of, he didn't say a mini-message, but that's how I interpret it, that's how preachers interpret it, it's a mini-message when you get an opportunity to speak. So he, he asked uh, me to introduce uh, Brother Julio, um, and in order to do that, I have to give some, some background to why he is even here uh, in the country, much less here in Morgan City. So uh, St. Rose Community Church is a, is a church plant. Uh, I had the opportunity, just by God's grace, uh, to become the pastor of a new church in St. Rose, Louisiana, a little over seven years ago. Uh, it was a First Baptist church that had, had, uh, had to close their doors. Uh, and so they donated, they donated their property to First Baptist Church of Kenner, where I was the young singles pastor. And uh, Kenner asked me, as a very young man, seven years ago, uh, to go and, and try to start a new church. And so I had that opportunity. In fact, uh, Mr. Wayne and Miss Mary Lynn were a part of a core team of around 15 people who, tried, uh, who, who attempted to start a church from scratch by God's grace, opening God's word and asking, what is it that we do? We started with a prayer service. And one of the things that we began to pray very early on was, Lord, we know that your mission in the world is bigger than just our church, and it's bigger than St. Rose, uh, that there are people all over the world who have much less access to the gospel than we do. And we know that you want us to be a part of that somehow, but we're a church of 15 people at the time, and we had no idea how to be a part of that bigger part of what God was doing. And so we began to pray in those early days, God, show us where you want us to take our time, our talents, our treasures, and to reach people for the gospel, even in places uh, that are foreign to us. And as we're praying for those things, um, we realize that one of the guys on our core team uh, is a young man, had studied abroad in the country of Indonesia, which is one of the largest Muslim countries in the world, and he spoke Indonesian. And we said, okay, Lord, that's a good start. We got somebody who speaks the language of a country uh, where many people will be born, live their entire lives, and die without hearing the message of Jesus. And so we began to, began to pray, Lord, do you want us to go to Indonesia? Well, lo and behold, on a Sunday morning, I'm preaching. We're preaching about going to the ends of the earth. And I say, pray for us. We really are thinking about how God might have us serve in Indonesia. And a woman comes up to me, and she's wearing a wristband, and she says, this is the name of an unreached people group in Indonesia. And uh, I'm just visiting town, and my church in Mississippi is doing a mission trip in January to Indonesia. Maybe we can connect. And so as a little bitty church plant, I called up that pastor and said, would you serve us in just letting us join you in your trip? And he did. And so we sent a group of people with them, and through a series of events over the course of six or seven different trips to Indonesia, uh, we landed on a little island called Timor-Leste. Has anybody ever heard of Timor-Leste? Anybody? We got, we got just these here, right. 
Timor Leste is is just the word east in two different languages, East Timor. So it's east east, and what it is, it's a little island that gained its independence from Indonesia. In the early 2000s, after having been colonized by the Portuguese, taken over by the Indonesians, they got independence in Julio's lifetime. Julio remembers hiding in the jungle during the war for the independence of his home country. Now, what that means is, is that unlike Indonesia, Timor-Leste, even though many of them speak Indonesian, even though there are many Muslims in the country, there is a unique degree of freedom to share the gospel freely with those places and to plant churches. And so we landed there to help this little bitty church plant in Timor-Leste learn the Bible, and we met uh, this young fellow named Julio. And he was the guy that was coordinating all the logistics of the Bible teaching that we were doing. And every time we went to Timor-Leste to try to serve the people, preach the gospel, Julio was there, and he was the one running around getting the food for everybody, making sure we had somewhere to stay, uh, I've had many frightening experiences on the back of a moped uh, with Julio driving. Uh, I have trusted this man with my life several times. Um, and in and, and getting to know him, he spoke just enough English to, to be discussional. And he began to share how he would love to be a pastor one day. But the opportunities to train in pastoral ministry are slim to none in that country. And so we just began, because we're young and crazy, uh, began to dream about what it would look like to try to train Julio to be a pastor and what it would take to get him enrolled at the seminary in New Orleans. And so we began to dream, we began to pray, and uh, by God's grace, uh, through a lot of our attempts and efforts, it took way longer than we wanted it to take, Julio actually gets into the country on a student visa to learn English at Delgado Community College. And he does that for a year so that he can then get into the seminary at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And now our church has been able, he lives uh, on the parsonage right there on the church property. Um, and Julio is going to be graduating with a Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry in May. And he will be returning. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, so, so he will be returning uh, coming this June to go back to Timor-Leste and uh, begin his efforts in hopefully planting new churches, pastoring churches, and seeing the gospel flourish in that country. Now, uh, along the way, and I don't want to miss this out, uh, uh, Julio met a beautiful young American woman when he was in university in Indonesia uh, who lived in Nebraska. And uh, they had dated for years, so he had already had some good conversational English with this woman that he loved. And so when he moved here... She moved from Nebraska to New Orleans, and they got married this past May. So he's going to go back, and Becky's going to go back, uh, coming this June. And our, our hope is that long-term, that for the next decade or more, uh, we'll be sending short-term trips uh, now to support a dear brother whom we really have grown to love as, as, a, as a brother in Christ and a dear friend. I think one of the hardest moments in the life of our church uh, will be here in a few months when we gather around and lay hands on this sweet couple and pray uh, for them to be sent back uh, to do the work of the Lord in Timor-Leste. And so, so he's going to come up and preach here in just a moment. I'm going to pray for him uh, just that God would speak through him. This is, um, I would say that this is Julio's second language, uh, but in reality I think it's his fifth, I want to say, Timor, uh, 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 fifth language, yeah, Portuguese, Indonesian, Makasai, Tetun, and English. 
and English is the one he struggles with the most, I think, maybe Portuguese. <laughs> and so, so he's going to preach to you, but he's going to preach from a manuscript. And he's going to read every word because he wants to make sure you get the message uh, of the gospel through the accent, through the difficulty of speaking in a fifth language. And so let's pray for him, that God would just speak through him over the next 15 to 20 minutes, and that we would all just benefit from God's work in his life. So would you just bow in prayer with me? Father, you are precious, you are good, you are glorious, you are mighty, you do things far beyond our wildest dreams. And Lord, I just thank you. I personally just want to thank you for Julio's ministry in my life, um, to my children, to the friendship that I have with both him and Becky. God, I pray blessing over him as he spends the, the remainder of his life laboring to preach the gospel among his own people. And God, I pray right now as he opens up the word of God that we would just have a deep sense of appreciation for the miracle that it is that any one of us would get to stand and open the scripture and teach what is true from it. We pray that you would give him clarity of mind, ease his nerves, help him to preach a clear message that uh, uh, sends us home thinking about the true things of your text so that we might live in light of the glory of the gospel uh, tomorrow. We pray this in Jesus' name, all these things by your grace and for your glory alone. Amen. Good evening, brother and sister in Christ. It is a privilege to be with you in this evening to preach the word of God. And I also thank you to Pastor Brandon and um, all of you in here that invite me to share the word of God. And uh, thank you. Yeah, as a uh, brother uh, Brandon already uh, explained a little bit about me, about my background, how I can I meet them about four or five years ago, yeah, as uh, uh, Pastor Brenda explained. And uh, before we read the Word of God, let's come to him and uh, pray, asking his wisdom to know his will in our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this evening we came to praise and worship you with all of our heart, soul, and with all of our mind. We ask you, God, came, come and lead our heart and mind with, all, with your Holy Spirit so we can enjoy learning from your scripture. Make us to obey it, applying it, so we can grow mature in you. By your grace and for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. If you have your Bible, let me invite you to open with me in book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and until 16. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, 
until 16. I will read it, and please follow along with me. Verse 13. You are the salt of earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except anything except to be learned out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. I want to begin with a story from my life about salt and light. I remember when I was a teenager, because of the war, my parents and I ran into the jungle. And we hid from enemy for around six months in the jungle. At that time, we didn't have electricity. That means we, di- we didn't have light at night. It made me scared every night when it goes dark. During that time, my mom had a lot of meat, and I didn't know how to keep it for a long time. That was the first week we ran to the jungle. And so my mom didn't cook all of the meat in one day because She wanted to save it for a long time. At that moment, I observed how she wanted to keep meat without the freezer. She used salt to cover the meat and preserving it. That way, it could be safe for a long time and useful for the next day. Her idea worked. We had food for a little longer because of salt. Salt can preserve meat from rotting. And secondly, we all know that salt is seasoning for good food and makes food delicious when we taste it. Jesus used these common experiences with salt and light to teach us about the mission of God through his disciples. If you take notes, this is the first truth. Truth number one, follower of Christ must influence the world, the world for good. Again, truth number one, follower of Christ must influence the world for good. In verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. If salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out 
and trampled under people's feet. Why did Jesus point to his disciples and say, you are the salt of the earth? Because Jesus knew that his followers will be part of his mission for saving and for saving the world. Not only for 12 disciples, but all who follow him in all times. We are chosen by Jesus himself. In John chapter 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I are like meat. Before Christ appointed us, we were rotten and useless. Because, but because of Jesus, he preserves us from being rotten and he saves us from that. From useless to useful. That's why we are useful in this world. He seasons our life to be delicious when people taste our life. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 50, Jesus also describes salts like this. Mark chapter 9, verse 50. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Jesus wants us to have a good impact in this world. Jesus wants us to bring and share his words to save the world from the brokenness. He wants us to bring peace and love from God to the people that are hopeless and with no peace in their life. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 also says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Followers use their speech like salt pouring grace upon others. Just like Jesus did. The characteristics of salt and light are both related to Jesus. He knows this world is broken, living in sin, in darkness, and he will throw away anything useless to his kingdom. He came to this world to preserve his people from brokenness and enlighten the world because he is the light of the world. We season the world with goodness of Jesus, but as the light of Jesus, we push back the darkness. This leads us to 
truth number two. Truth number two. Follower of Christ must be the light of the world. Truth number two. Follower of Christ must be the light of the world. In verse 14 and 15. It says, you are the light of the world. A city as set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Jesus appointed to his followers to be the light of the world because the followers are in Jesus, and Jesus is in follower. He, and Jesus is in his followers. And he called them also the light of the world. In John 8, chapter 12, Jesus also said that, again, Jesus spoke to them and saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of life for the world and a city set on a hill. Whoever is in Jesus will have the light of life. Every follower must have the light of life. To testify to those in the world who do not yet have the light. If every follower of Jesus must be light in the world, how can we make this light known to the world? Brothers and sisters in Christ, we do this by proclaiming Jesus to your family, friends, and neighbors, in words and action, and by discipline. The Apostle Paul also wrote his letter and telling the people in Ephesians to show the light of Christ in every area of their life. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 14. I will read it for you all. Chapter 5, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 14. Verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as a children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it is become become becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light, 
Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What is the goal of being salt and light in the world? This leads us to truth number three. Truth number three. We are to be salt and light to glorify our Father in heaven. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your saltiness in Christ keep transforming this world from being rotten. Let your light in Christ keep shining for others in darkness. And our good works will glorify God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Keep rejoicing and be glad in Christ. Being salt and light is not easy. You get many temptations, difficulties, even persecution in your life. But keep sowing your good deeds in Christ for them. So that they may see your good characters in Christ and declare him. People will glorify God and God will reward you. I will conclude by uh, reading a few verses to show how God is glorified through us. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 9 verse 13. I will read it for you. Second Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. And also in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Also says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commonable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This evening we learn about three truths. First three was follower of Christ must influence the world for good. And second, follower of Christ must be the light of the world. And third, we are we are to be salt and light to glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. Let's pray.
Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you change our life from death to life, from darkness to light. Thank you so much for choosing us when you gave your love and peace to us. You transform our mind and soul to serve and glorify in you and through our life. Father in heaven, keep leading us with your Holy Spirit and teaching us through your commandment so our life can be salt and light for this world. We ask you, God, to grow us in your truth by your grace and for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about First Baptist Church, including contact info, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.